0: Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's panel discussion on the young CIO. This segment focuses on the onboarding learning curve for new CIOs, the challenge in finding the right communication strategy, and what they've learned from their mentors. When you talk about um, you know rounding and asking questions, when you haven't spent as much time in the organization, Anna, Anna and Joey, you're in that kind of unique spot, but... David like how was that something that you dealt with coming in? um did you have like a formal rounding process or how did you uh deal with that?
1: No, it was you know, I mean when you're when you're going and walking into a highly major organization they actually expect you to come in and figure things out so you don't get an orientation mm-hmm. you know you pretty much had to build a relationship you pretty much have to try to figure things out out on your own so you no. Know, my first three six months were pretty much getting to know the organization. We're over 10,000 employees, so just um, the leadership, is, we have a lots of layers. So spending time understanding that has, was critical, and that was pretty much what you had to do uh, as part of that onboarding learning curve um, personally.
0: What about for you, Brian? I mean, I know you, you were interim CIO and you know, were with the organization before then, but was that something that, that you did at that point just as far as doing some kind of rounding?
2: I think when when I had come into the organization, I'd spent time on the vendor side prior to that, so it was an opportunity for me to really get into units, the departments, the clinics, and I was just really excited to do that. And I had uh, some great contacts here that also encouraged that and aligned me with people, and I think that was looking back really key is is being able to... um, Find out who were some some first inroads to make and places to get into and and learn from. So not a formal process. L- looking at where we're at right now, we do have a formal rounding process where we get people out and and try to make those uh, those relationships for not just for myself but for a lot of folks in the, in the technology organization and really as an organization as whole well for our leaders.
0: One of the other very big things, obviously, is for any leader is having strong communication skills, but as far as, you know, how you communicate with your team, uh, I feel like that's something that can be shaped by, you know, your age, your experience level, but then also the organization itself and how it's structured. So can you, um, Joey, if you want to start, just talk a little bit about your your strategies just as far as communication with your team and if that's something that, you know, you have like in a structured kind of way or how do you... How do you go about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, we have a, a few different ways. You know, we we try to communicate whether it's through meetings, things coming up, and, and you know, we're a we're a department of around 19, so um, we're all housed, with the exception of one person who works from home, mostly in the same area physically. So that helps. You know, in, in communication methods, when your offices are close and things like that, um, we have functionality without throughout the hospital where we use pillar boards to communicate different pieces like, you know, financials and, and things like that. And then something our organization does, not just um our IT department, is we host quarterly um what we call people to people meetings where our CEO, CFO and then different senior leaders actually will host over the course of two days um you know, an hour meeting of what's going on in our organization, where are we going, whether it's projects or um, what we're doing around H caps, uh, how we're doing financially, and those kind of things. And, and we get really good attendance and feedback from the openness that we share with our employees. Um, we've we found over time that we've continue to do better about structuring goals and things like that. And, and organizationally, we build our goals and we share those results on a quarterly basis, which since we started doing that with our new CEO in place the last two years, our our results have been um, really, really well on the outcome. So I, I think that that helps lead to it. Um, and we have regular, just like I'm sure all, all, all the other people here on the phone, you know, regular leadership meetings um, on a weekly basis for our senior leader team. Um, you know, it's it's tough of of deciding how transparent you're going to be on what you share because there are sensitive things you can't um, as you're going through, and, and sometimes you really want to. I mean, there's things that you'd like to be able to tell some of these key members on your team, and, and, and at times it's tough to, to know when and what you share and, and not to blur those lines.
2: This is Brian and from an IT department point of view. Um, I try to communicate, you know, because I'm sure because everyone else as much as I can. So we use, you know, I have a blog, but I do blog posts uh, every once in a while, some emails, some email blasts out to the, the entire department. Um, we do quarterly town halls as a, as a department and you know, weekly leadership meetings um, where we try to structure kind of the feedback so that the leaders also cross-learn. We try to con- Weekly, we call them five fifteen. So they take um, five minutes to read, fifteen minutes to create, but just an update from each of our area or, or subdepartment uh, or initiatives um, that we share across the organization. So we, we constantly try to change that up because I think that's one of the the things that you, you really we haven't found a perfect way to do it. So we keep trying different different things to get the communication out there and make sure that we're all on the same page and matching up to the missions of the organization.
1: This is David. Um, we have, just like everyone else, we have these quarterly town hall, which is a good way just to get all the employees together. Um, we ha- also have a regular newsletter that I go out campus-wide just so that we uh, communicate throughout the campus. Uh, most importantly, I'm really trying to, at minimum, make within what I control, my, uh, which is my department, a social department, because after all, it's tough for me to talk to all 400 employees. So. You know I' try to be very active get them engaged through social media whether it's LinkedIn Twitter uh, we're also using internally Yammer uh, as far as a collaboration tool uh, throughout the organization it, it is growing uh, we are the, the technology department is the largest uh, users of Yammer uh, I think we are starting to see some of the other t- departments uh, getting get more engaged with these discussions and these are just various avenues to communicate and we I'm trying to uh, use all the different technology that we have out there that people are willing to use just to have open dialogues.
4: This is Anna. Uh, being smaller, um, you know, our governance is not tremendously complicated. Uh, communication becomes a little bit easier. I think that's a blessing of our many curses of being uh, small. And um, the big one is open-door policy, um, and we have meetings much the same as the others that have been speaking. But I think one of the big things on my open-door policy is uh, I don't allow the coming in of complaining, but I empower them to bring me ideas, solutions, and we have those discussions. So it, it's, it's really important to, you know, listen and empower them. And I have a great relationship with the, as a CIO with the COO. Um, there's a lot of healthy disagreements going on in there even though I'm the same person <laughs> um, but I do also have a great relationship with um, the c-suite in general their their offices are right next to me and they all have the same open door um, policy and empowerment policies
0: one of the uh, other things I wanted to talk about um, David you, you- briefly mentioned um, a mentor, and um, just wanted to, to talk about that and what or maybe are some of the, the most important things you learned from having mentors over the years, and, you know, what's something that's really stuck with you, if you want to start with that, David?
1: Uh, I would say, you know, really build relationships. is probably one of the key things that my mentor taught me, it's not really about um, who's right or wrong in terms of a solution, but really getting to build that relationship to be able to get these things done a lot easier. I think that's one of the things I strive to do upon joining any organization and continue to do so within the current organization is really understanding and just being that uh, helper and providing uh, assistance if needed anywhere, anytime. So I think those are sort of sort of the key uh, takeaways as far as being a true collaborative leader in any organization. I think that's That should be a main focus for any future leaders um, coming up in the ranks.
3: And this is Joey. I I would go along those lines. I mean, I think, you know, if you look back over your course of life, I have a lot of people that have shaped me, obviously my parents. And, And when starting here at the hospital, when I worked in the storeroom, I had one of the greatest bosses ever on showing what it really means with customer service and doing whatever it takes um he he was a gentleman who never said no i mean we were we were in the storeroom, so we were a service department and um you know i, I learned so much from from what he brought to work every day and dropping whatever it took to make things work and and while that doesn't always work in i t because we can't solve everything and say yes to everything um it it did it, it was great experience in just learning um Customer service to to a different level and and what it takes to run a hospital from the ground up.
4: This is Anna. Um, I think I, I've had many mentors, um, some really strong ones, and and I think they've helped mold me in many ways. But uh, some key things that I've heard from a couple of them is the big one is just make the mistake only once, and you need to take those risks, but make the mistake only once, and. Those are important, and I think the more you communicate and the more you build your relationships, those mistakes can sometimes be a little bit smaller and have a softer cushion to land on. Um,
2: this is Brian. I would just add that you know, had as well many mentors, but I, I also have the luxury of uh, of having my predecessor as, as a mentor and just being able to have a sounding board um, to go and, and knowing a lot of the organization and. And being able to bounce ideas off of, and that, and then other other leaders here in, in the C-suite, just a, a great ability to uh, bounce ideas off of folks, hear uh, how their perspective on it, and guidance, and a lot of it is more about the, the leadership in general than it is specific with approaching technology. So uh, I, I do feel very lucky with the, the folks that I get to work with, and past and present, and to get some of the guidance in that area.
0: Do any of you um, do any mentoring yourselves or hope to do that
4: eventually? I think any any yeah. good manager or great manager should absolutely have a succession plan and should absolutely be mentoring on a constant basis, um, empowering them and making sure that there is someone. If I get hit by a bus, it would be a real problem. There needs to be someone that can slide right in while I'm in the hospital. So, Right.
1: Yeah, I, I agree completely, I think. We, you know, as leaders, you really have to try to groom your successor. But at the same time, even um, staff or even other folks who are around you, just providing guidance as far as best practice, what we have learned, and what we have, and just share, just share the mistakes and the, the things that have helped us get to where we are. I think those are just, I was, I would call them just core requirements for any any leader.